The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered him as they approached to offer him wine they called out if you are king of the Jews save yourself above him there was an inscription that read this is the king of the Jews Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man did nothing criminal. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he replied, Amen. I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The gospel of the Lord. When we have accomplished something that has taken great effort, and in the course of which we have had to overcome many obstacles, there is inevitably some sign of our success. Whether it be a military battle, athletic contest, business, family, whatever it may be, it is obvious that we have succeeded. One would never think look at the cross that that was successful. When we look at the cross, we see no sign of accomplishment or victory. The world and his enemies at the foot of the cross only see humiliation, failure, and defeat. One would never guess that on the cross, the ultimate battle is taking place. A battle against sin, death, the powers of evil, Satan, the devil. And that the person on that cross is riding to a victory, not on a horse, but on the very cross to which he is nailed. 
the ultimate victory, the victory planned from the beginning of time, is being completed. And he says so himself. His last words, it is finished, it is accomplished, it is complete. He's won the battle. It is then for you and for me to enter into that victory. We have to choose to join him there, and we have to choose to accept the victory as it comes. I saw the Son of Man go by, crowned with the crown of thorns. Was it not over, Lord, said I, and all the anguish borne? He turned on me his awful eyes. Have you not understood, though every soul is Calvary and every sin a rude? But he's conquered them if we are willing to enter into that victory. As I said, his enemies don't see it that way at all. But there is one man who does. This gospel, I think, is particularly beautiful. I think perhaps the most touching gospel in all of the scriptures. This one man, unnamed. We've given the two thieves names, Justice on the left and Dismas on the right. But we aren't told in the gospel that they have names. We see this interchange. At the beginning, they both reviled him, along with his enemies. But all of a sudden, one of them has changed. Changed completely and changed immediately. We see here an instant conversion, a total transformation. Why? We aren't told. Although the first word from the cross would suggest it, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If this man can pray for forgiveness for those who have done this to him, perhaps there's forgiveness for him too. Perhaps I can be forgiven. If he can forgive those who crucified him, perhaps he can forgive me. He'd never hoped for such a thing before, but now all of a sudden he sees something very different in our Lord. Hard to imagine, but he sees it. And so we have this interchange that happens. Only St. Luke mentions this. None of the other Gospels do. One of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Once again, that's all God is good for. Take away my sufferings. These two men now actually symbolize all humanity. The one has to be taken down and the other has to be taken up. But the other one now, the one on the right, is a different person than he was before. Whatever he may have been, he'll leave that behind. First thing he does is reproach his fellow thief. Have you no fear of God? You are subject to the same condemnation. And then he admits his own sinfulness, his own guilt. He knows what he was. He knows what he's become. He knows what he is. And he will admit that. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. Again, no pretense, no disguise, no excuses. For the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing wrong. So he's defended our Lord while admitting his own guilt. How beautiful. But then he's going to ask for something. He knows that he deserves nothing. 
except what he's getting, death on a cross. He knows that he has no right to expect anything. He knows his own guilt, but he's going to ask for something. He won't ask for much. He's afraid to ask for too much. So he simply asks for a remembrance. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Kingdom. Imagine what the people at the foot of the cross, his enemies, must have thought. It seems like madness. A dying man asks a dying man for life. A man with no possessions asks the poor man for a kingdom. For a kingdom. He sees things differently. To him, the crown of thorns is not a crown of thorns. It's a royal diadem. The nails, a scepter. His flesh hanging from his body, a cloak of royal purple. He sees a king next to him. And he asks only for a remembrance. It's amazing how God always gives us infinitely more than we ask for, if we are willing to ask him for it. And what does he hear? Again, he deserves nothing, but he'll see. He hears the words, Amen, I say to you, this day. He doesn't hear anymore those at the foot of the cross saying, if you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. All he hears is, this day. Doesn't bother him either, but no one else is paying any attention. His past doesn't bother him anymore because he's heard those words, this day. He can't move. He's in horrific pain. But even that doesn't matter much. This day, you will be with me in paradise. I often find that somewhat strange because to be with the Lord is paradise. He doesn't know the paradise is hanging next to him. He's heard those words. And he's not afraid any longer because he's now been given infinitely more than he asked for. Paradise. Well, you know, this man has had such a conversion that there is no temporal punishment due to sin except a little suffering that he has left. It's all been overcome. He left it all behind. Total repentance. Complete penance. In just a short period of time. Today. You know, as I said, the victory of Christ is something that we have to enter into, as this man did. Um, He saw the victor, the one who was conquering everything that was coming at him, everything that was arrayed against him. Many of us are familiar with the great Scottish hero, Robert Bruce. In the Middle Ages, he wanted to go on the Crusades, but he was sick and he was dying, and he knew that he was dying. He said to his friend, Lord Douglas, when I die, take out my heart and take it with you to Jerusalem. And Lord Douglas did. He removed his heart and took it with him. And they were besieging Jerusalem. The Saracens had taken the city, And they were losing the battle. 
And Lord Douglas took out the heart of Robert Bruce and held it up in front of the entire army and shouted, where Bruce was wont to go, there go ye. And he threw that heart into the center of the enemy. And the army was so inspired by that that they rose up, swelled against the town, and took the city. Well, you and I have to do something the same sort of thing. We are facing enemies also. They were all conquered on the cross, but we have to enter into that victory. What do we do with our enemies? The world in which we live, the culture in which we live, all those things coming against us and against God's church from outside and from inside sometimes. What do we do? The same thing. But we do it with the sacred heart of Jesus. We take that heart and the truth and the love that comes from it. Um, We take that and throw that into the heart of the enemy. And then we rush in afterwards for the victory. A victory that will only come with our personal holiness and with our commitment to truth, love, and virtue. But we must follow that heart, not our own. I'm always very impressed with this gospel, but Every time I preach on it, I have to mention what Bishop Sheen once said about this gospel, because I think it's so beautiful. He said, and the thief died a thief because he stole paradise. And paradise can be stolen again. Well, yes, you and I, for a while, will enter in to the suffering and death of the Lord and to his sacrifice on our altar. And he will become present in his victory, the victory of his risen body and blood. And for a while, we will be in paradise. But having said that, we then can take that heart that we receive and go out and conquer the world in which we live. Because, as I said, we don't don't deserve it. It's simply been given to us. Today, we will be with him in paradise. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son, Christ the King, and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, her members will follow their risen Lord in his kingship, bringing his gospel to all the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord For all nations of the world, especially our own, and for our politicians, that they will receive the good news coming to them, brought to them through the victory of Christ and his church. We pray to the Lord. Lord For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, they may know that they are united to the victory of our Lord. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected that victory, we pray to the Lord. Lord for greater respect for human life, especially in the womb and at the end, for those who will die today, that they may enter into that victory, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be visible signs of Christ the King, for a greater respect for the missionary nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, 
for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. Having spent time in the presence of Christ the King and the Eucharist, they may then go on to conquer our world with truth and love. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, for the names of all those who have died in our parish mentioned in our book of remembrance, for those on the altar, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed For all of us here, having received forgiveness and mercy from Christ the King, we may then proclaim him, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our Once again today, instead of our usual Marian antiphon, we will sing the Christus Vincit. Mm-hmm. 